You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It was always a pristine rating. Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. And then Rami comes along. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Who's the winner? Some may say none of them. But let the games begin. Three questions, one winner. It's Cram Session with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. That is right. And Jonathan Harrison. Our corrupt corn dog eating producer is going <laughs> to award us. He's going to award us points for uh, the best answers in his eyes to each of these questions. It is cramp session here on Mackie and Judd with Rami. What do you got for us? All right. First up, we'll stick with twins and possibly trading for Madison Bumgarner. So you guys are the twins. You have a trade lined up with the Giants for both Madison Bumgarner and Will Smith. You're giving up Miguel Snow and Fernando Romero, but to complete the deal, the Giants want you to take Evan Longoria. Do you still make the trade? What's that contract? Can you give that um, to me? I need to know. I all got it right here. I've got it as well. It's not good. It helps me make my case. Jesus. For this my- is the deal he signed with the Rays, by the way. Yep. And we were all surprised. Man, he's leaving the Rays. He's left the Rays. What's going on in Tampa? Yeah, it's four more years. Ooh. After this year, in which he gets paid $14.6 million, the Rays are paying two of that, so it's $12 million. The Rays are paying like some of the freight on this whole contract, but like a couple I'm million dollars. I'm already out. Year. I think I'm already out. It's four more years 15, 18, 19, and then no. $13 million. That no. fourth year has a $5 million buyout option. Yeah. My answer is going to be real short and simple. If I wouldn't go a third year for Craig Kimbrell, no way in hell. Am I am I going in that deep with an Evan Longoria contract? No way, no way, absolutely not. So let me get this straight. In this scenario, mm-hmm. I'm just going to parse this apart. I want Madison Baumgartner and Will Smith. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really good package because you fix two needs immediately, and you might get to bump Martin Perez to the bullpen, in which he can come in and be like a two inning guy in the postseason with his velocity. And so you wind up improving your bullpen by just moving him to the bullpen in the postseason. So I like those things. I don't like giving up Miguel Sano, period. So whether whether I have to take Evan Longoria back or not, I'm not going to trade Miguel Sano until the offseason because he's going to hit 25 or 30 home runs in the bottom 30 of your lineup, and he's going to do damage in the postseason most likely. Evan Longoria might not do any damage, period. Like He's just having a terrible season. He's 33 years old. He's banged up. He hasn't been the... All star caliber player that we you know we know him to be for about four or five years now. In fact, he hasn't made an all star game since 2010. It's been nine years since Evan Longoria has made an all star game. Great career at the time. So yes, I would be improving my pitching with Bumgarner and Smith, but I would be I would be bringing on a dead weight guy for four more years, very expensive, and I give up one of my best power hitters in a year in which I can win the World Series. No, I'm out. Okay, Judd. I feel like the spirit of the question has been violated to its fullest by these two. 
Because I've got, the question is, we've got the trade lined up. Yep. There's only one sweetener if we take it or, or not. So to answer the question as God intended, and you, Jonathan. One and the same. Look, <laughs> wow. Okay, then. <laughs> Uh, that's Jonathan Harrison, 651-646-8255. What do you think of God? Um, uh, Longoria turns 34 in October. Does God exist? 651-646-8255. He's and in- what is your political affiliation? <laughs> Let's talk about all the sensitive are you subjects. Those phones are just put yeah. on busy for the next several minutes. <laughs> he turns 34 in October. He is currently uh, hitting 228, seven home runs, 23 RBI after he played in only 125 games last season, hit 244. Now the contract goes, um, let's see here, 2020, 15 mil, 2021, 18 and a half mil, and then the last year before the club option, 19 and a half million dollars. The bottom line is, although I have worked out this trade, I can't do this. I can't take him on. And the Giants will pay some. Tampa Bay, as Phil just did mention, is paying some. But I can't do this trade. Sorry. I'm either restructuring the trade or I'm out. Fair enough. None of you gave me the answer I wanted, which was, yes, you take that trade because you Ugh. get two good pitching I can't do that. talents. Yeah, can't but you get it. you get like three months of Madison Bumgarner, and you give up a guy in Miguel Sano who has a 615 slugging So are you not awarding the point to anybody? Do we have a... Uh, I don't want to, I would, but... I would love to see you not We might have a first. Yeah, I'm going to go. You guys don't get the point. <laughs> Judge Jonathan gets the point here. I answer the question as honestly as possible, (laughs) and I don't get the point. All right, whatever. You guys are trying to get points here. You guys are supposed to give me the answer I want. See, the judge at his worst is most corrupt right there. And it makes I got no chance to win now because question three is going to be. (laughs) So the next question will stick with twins. The all-star primary ballots have been released, and several twins have made the lists. I want you to make the case for these players to be the starter for the American League at their positions in this summer's All-Star Game. And I awarded you guys each a player to go with. So, Phil, you get Eddie Rosario. Rami, you get Jorge Polanco. And Judd, you get C.J. Crone. You want me to go first? Fire away. I, I mean, this is, Phil go first. This but. has been... This is really easy. The guy is the best. Not Too just easy, the, I would say. Not just the best shortstop in the net, in the American League at this point with the bat. The National League. He, might be, Don't say Brewers. he might be the best hitter in the American League right now. It's re- it really the case really is that easy for Eddie for for Jorge Polanco. He might be the best hitter in the American League right now. Period point blank. How he would not be the starter is beyond me. And you're so you're saying statistically he might be the best the best hitter. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, and yeah, and statistically he is one of the best hitters. He's having a fantastic year. He's, uh, and I don't even like I don't even want to denigrate Jorge Polanco in making a case for myself. That would be uh, Edward Rosario. I hit him bomba. But the All Star Game, I feel like we've gotten way too wrapped up over the years. in, well, this player got snubbed. Because his numbers are, the, you know, we parse the numbers, and will this player have more home runs? The All-Star Game and baseball in general need fun. Fun is the name of the game. We stop the game, we stop the season for a week, and, and we put a bunch of guys in the stadium, and we want them to just entertain us. Just give us, this is a showcase for Major League Baseball's best and most entertaining players every single year. And I think Eddie Rosario is one of the most fun players in all of baseball. I'm hitting bomba. Hitting bombas all over the Midsummer Classic. So, to me, I could make the statistical you know, points that he's second in the American League in home runs with 19. 
He's on pace to drive in like 120 something, and uh, and he's one of the best just overall players when you include his outfield defense and his arm and his base running. But gold dang it, he's just one of the five or ten most fun players to watch. He should be disqualified just for using uh, gold dang it. Just gonna put that out there, Judge Jones. <laughs> so he's got fun. You've got just a good play, a great, the best. Yeah. yeah. So it's really, that easy. so what I have to do is put on my glasses here because mm-hmm. I had to get down to some serious work to make my case. Yes. Very loyal. Well, I think your me. case is not that hard to make. <clears throat> Excuse me. But go ahead. It's my turn. I think. Mm-hmm. CJ, apologies. CJ Crone getting a real opportunity for the first time in his career to play first base on a regular basis this year. Fourth among players at his position in the American League, 14 home runs. Second with a 540 slugging percentage. Second with 43 runs driven in. And fourth with a 277 average. He also, and this is very important, Judge Jonathan, I want you to hear this. Don't look down. Look at me. He also is second with a war of 1.7 among first basemen in the American League. Okay. So you say to yourself, okay, he's second, though. What separates him from the pack? That war has come on one of the best teams in baseball, and he has also proven himself to be a very productive, everyday first baseman, not only at the plate, but also he has been very good in the field when finally given this opportunity. That's what makes him an all-star. CJ Crone. I'm going to be honest here, boys. This question was rigged from the beginning because uh, we have a uh, all this work. score north home run league. This guy's unbelievable. And C.J. Crone is on my team. Yes! So I rigged this this question because I want C.J. Crone in because he's on my Score North Home Run League team. And you guys all made fun of me when I made the pick. He's Wait. got 14 home runs. I did all that work for nothing? Like yeah, I really. Get, I get you, the point, you had the win all along. So I could have just come Crone. in and been like, C.J. Crone. You should have just mentioned he's on my Home Run League team. Yeah, this is uh, It was totally rigged in Judd's favor. Because Judd's always complaining that I never... Or that I'm picking against so so him. Far, no, I won last time. So, so far, I won last time. I'm he's given a point to himself mm-hmm. and to Judd for having the guy who's on his home run derby team. That about sums it up. Yeah. yeah. I, okay. I just went through a litany of, of stats, right? I crunched them. I brought up war. For the first time on the show, Judd Zolgat brought up. And I was impressed. Are you upset that you won? It sounds like he is. I yeah. think I should take the well, point I, I away and of, give it I back to did, myself. I just did a lot of prep work. Anyway, that's okay. I'm glad I won. Those, the names were randomly drawn, so it wasn't just me. Picking Judd. <laughs> and other, so if it had been Phil or Rami... Yeah, whoever CJ, got CJ okay. Crone was going to win. All right. All Just right. living up I'm to the to honorable corrupt judge. I'm about to forfeit a point here, so I'm about to forfeit a point. <laughs> All right, so I mentioned it last week. We had a Pizza God question, but we kind of held it off for today. There was a video circulating around the internet last week that... Dude, this was this, amazing. This guy had the best reflexes ever. This random backroom staff guy got bumped into at a pizza place. And he was bumped into by someone holding a pizza. That pizza goes falling down. The guy instantly reacts, grabs the pizza, and slides it right over to the counter without, like without ruining the pizza. Without missing a step, without, like, oh, my God, it's hot. Like, this dude, it was the most nonchalant save, the most nonchalant and amazing save in the history of history. It was amazing. Put it, out there. it was. It's a great video. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So in honor of this guy having mm-hmm. the greatest reaction time of ever, of anything ever, I want your best accidental physical act of greatness in your life. Okay. Can I clear out quick here? For sure. <laughs> I gave this thought, and I'm not joking about this. I have none. 
I tried to think up something. I, when I have purposely tried to do athletic endeavors, I have failed often. I honestly have none. So I'm going to clear out here, forfeit the point. All right. I got nothing. Okay. So I can't think of any. Um, you and me, Mackie. Uh, so I'm going to, and actually, I want to, because Jonathan's going to grab Josh here. So I'm going to, I want Jonathan, I want both of his ears on this. Because you'll never believe this. Well, you, I, I guess you might. So I tried to dissect this question. Like, I don't have anything like that guy did, which is you're just strolling through the kitchen of a pizza place and like a pizza comes in your face and it's about to fall on the ground and you casually nonchalantly put it over. But as a guy who was only even like halfway competent at one sport in my life, and that was baseball, like played varsity baseball in high school, every other sport I stopped or was cut from the team before high school. So I like football couldn't handle the conditioning, just was done. Uh, basketball, I was one of those like chubby t-shirt under the jersey guys, B team in eighth grade, done. But I used to go once in a while and just like hoist up shots at what used to be Northwest Athletic Club in Maple Grove. And I mm-hmm. think now it's, I don't know what it is. It's like a, is it like an LA fitness or something? And I'd go and like once in a while play in a pickup game and just have some fun. But I was always just like, just get out of the way of everyone else. I'm not kidding. I went eight for eight from three point range in a random pickup game at Northwest Athletic Club once in my life. Like full glory. The guy, the best part is like you don't know anyone. And so they just thought I was a sniper after like three of them (laughs) and kept, they just kept kicking it out and I kept hoisting them up. And I went eight for eight in a pickup game at Northwest Athletic Club one time. I'll never forget it. Never duplicated. Could never do it ever again. That's solid. My moment of glory as an athlete. That's solid. Yeah. Um, it was I was twelve or thirteen years old playing little league baseball, and uh, we were in practice, and it was batting practice time. So, the last kid he takes his swing, he hits the ball, and on your last swing, you, you run the bases, right? So his bat was left in the batter's box. So I pick up his bat and I sort of flip it towards the dugout, like an end over end bat flip towards the dugout, and I turn around and I start digging into the batter's box to get ready for my round of swings, and my coach, who's throwing batting practice. He like he starts to wind up, and then I see a look of amazement on his face. He's looking over towards the dugout, like mid wind out, mid wind up. He caught a glance over towards the dugout in the direction where I had thrown the bat, and he stops in amazement mid wind up. And I look over to where he's looking, and the bat that I flipped towards the dugout went end over end, landed in the dirt, barrel side down. And slid like a foot and a half, two feet, and stood there straight up and down. Really? Right there in the turf. That's pretty good. Wow. And and my coach goes, that's a sign. We didn't lose again the rest of the season. We went on to win the championship after that bat stood up on its own. Hostadian-like. That was. Poltergeist-like. It was weird. That's what it is, It was weird. That's really good. Wow. I'm impressed. Thank you. I'm impressed by all these. I love Judd's honesty. I love Phil going sniper from three. But I'm most impressed by the water bottle flip with a baseball bat and Jut and Rami landing it. So, Rami, you get the point Thank here. You, We've sir. got a tie between it. me, Judd, and Rami. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The, the guy so, oh, so I, Do I get win. to ask a trivia question here now? Do sure. I get to ask one? Yeah, you can ask one. <laughs> so the judge has a chance to win cram session today, just so you know what sort of corrupt political environment we're living in here at Score North. Okay. Right. Just so you all know. All right, since we uh, put down your baseball stat pages here, okay? I need you guys to tell me who Judd brought up wins above replacement. Okay, wins above replacement. 
Who on the Twins right now, among all players, has the highest wins above replacement number? And uh, whoever wants to blurt out the answer first, go ahead. I'm going to go with Buxton. Polanco. Buxton. Polanco is correct. Yes. Oh, Robbie is the winner. Congratulations. Thank you. All right. Sorry, Jonathan. Sorry you didn't win when you were the judge. We have, we have a little, uh, little bonus in other news to get to when we come back here. It's, it's not Wednesday, but we it, it's too it's it's too good, it's too good to, to wait until Wednesday. To, yeah. So we we'll get to it. Mackie and Jub with Rami from uh, the TCL Studios. According to Adrian Wojnarowski, gentlemen, Kevin Durant is in tonight. He is. Kevin Durant's going to play tonight. He's coming off that calf injury. No one really knows what percent healthy he is. Nobody really has any idea how long he's going to play. But Kevin Durant with the Warriors facing elimination tonight right here on Score North. You can find uh, Toronto potentially winning the championship or the Warriors extending it to a game six. I've said before, and Danny and I it got heated on uh, Raised by Wolves last week, that I'm done doubting the Warriors. And even when Clay Thompson went down, I said, you know what, man? I'm not falling for it again. I've fallen for this before, and now the Warriors are So done. you have no doubt that the, the Warriors, Warriors are, are winning the championship good. in um, seven games? I've been convinced to have some doubt. That's all I've been convinced of is to have just a little bit of doubt. I'm still picking the Warriors. And if it's 80% Kevin Kevin Durant, it's a wrap. Is Durant coming back tonight because he is uh, truly healthy? Or did he get mad? Because he's such a weird dude. Did he get mad that, that when he, he went out, the very quick, and I guess at that moment, accurate, to, accurate narrative became, you know, hey, they can win without Durant. And he said to himself, let's see about that. And now he has to. Yeah, he's sort of, he has saved face inadvertently because I don't think he was able to, phys- I don't even know if he's able to physically come back tonight. This might be early, you know, depending on how bad the calf strain was. That's not, you don't just like come back from a calf strain that looks to be as bad as his. But if you think about it, he was in a position where it looked like they were just going to mow through even without him. If, in fact, if Clay Thompson hadn't gotten hurt, it's possible that like they just win the series in five games or whatever right. it is. But now he's in a spot where, the perception is, anyways, they need him in order to come back and win this series. Yes. So it's gone from a few weeks ago, oh, man, they just took care of the Blazers in four games without him. They don't even need him. They can just win. He's just there as, like, this luxury MVP and Hall of Famer on a team that already has dynasty DNA, right? And now it's like, oh, the Warriors' dynasty's over unless Durant saves them. For the legacy of Kevin Durant, it's a win-win as far as I'm concerned because... If he comes back tonight and he doesn't look like himself and they lose, well, the guy came back hurt and tried to help his team yeah. win and just didn't have it. If he comes back and helps carry this team, this Warriors team, to another championship after they were down 3-1, now he's the savior and people can't keep discrediting or discounting the championships that he won by quote-unquote running to the Warriors. I, don't, I, I think that, that it, it at least puts a dent in that narrative that Kevin Durant could never do anything without first running to the Warriors. If he comes back as the savior of this team, yep. then it completely changes that narrative. If it turns out to be that the second one is correct, do the odds of him going back to Golden State increase? Or is he gone regardless? Um, I think he's done. He's He has rabbit ears, man. Like That guy hears criticism more than any top athlete. Yes. Ever enough to make multiple burner Twitter accounts and spar with people on the internet, spar right? With fourteen-year-olds. Is that what it was? It was. It was they're, a fourteen-year-old. They're mean fourteen-year-olds, though. 
Yeah, but just let him be mean and move on with your life. Like, yeah, I would, a, I would agree with you. You're a multi-millionaire, yeah. greatest player on You've the planet. Won. Yeah, you win. You basically exactly. Won. See, I think he heard, his rabbit ears heard the criticism six or seven years into his career. Man, Kevin Durant, one of the greatest players ever without a championship, can't get over the hump. And he decided, bleep it. I don't care what anyone thinks for this moment. I'm going to guarantee myself championships. I'm not mm-hmm. going to be that player. I'm not going to be Charles Barkley who has to go on TNT and hear it from Shaq every night. Like, Barkley, Barkley's fine, but he he went to the Warriors to guarantee himself championships. Now that he's got championships, I don't think he wants to put up with people telling him, hey, man, they don't really need you. you know, you're, just, you're just sort of there, like, leeching off of what they already built. So he's going to go somewhere else, whether it's Brooklyn or New York Boy. or the Clippers, and try to start his own thing and win his own championships. Guaranteed. I think if he goes east, he's crazy. Brooklyn... The Knicks, he's going to get eaten up there. Clippers? Well, he's going okay. to get, get eaten up anywhere. No, but it's if Kevin you're, Durant. But if you're playing... In terms of media? Yeah, but if you're playing on the, the West Coast, you're going to get ESPN covering you a lot. You're going to be scrutinized. But if you and Kyrie go to the Knicks, they're going to be all over you constantly. I, I think if he bites or attempts to bite off that, I think it's going to be too much for him. I don't, But I don't think he's... so in. You got to put him, put yourself in his. He's not thinking about biting off too much. He thinks he's the best player in the world, and he and he has a case when he's healthy. He's thinking, I just want to go win my own championships without being associated anymore with like this dynasty that people think could have existed without me. So you might be right in that once he gets to Brooklyn or New York, it just winds up being that it was too much, and there and you really weren't going to win championships because there's better teams. Uh, but I just. I don't think he's thinking about that, I guess is my point. Do you buy that he doesn't know where he's playing next year? That it's still no. a decision he hasn't made yet? It's possible he hasn't narrowed down to like two, two or, or something. Three. Yeah, yeah. I, bu- I buy that. I don't buy the fact that like, oh, Kevin doesn't think about that. He's f- solely focused on winning it. No, you're thinking about that. You're for sure. It I happens so that. fast. You don't just like end the season on June 20th. And yeah. then all of a sudden like, oh my God, I have a week until free agency starts. Right. You've been thinking about it. Kyrie and Durant would be potentially so much fun. Not because it would be great basketball I think constantly. It would, implode. it would, but that's the fun. Yeah, that's what I want. I want implosion. Yeah, that could go I want really dis- bad. I want disaster. I think that'd be great fun to watch. I would enjoy it. I like dysfunction, especially <laughs> with the Knicks, with Dolan owning that team, and the Knicks are just so dysfunctional. And watching Stephen A. Smith meltdown oh. in the backseat of his car. And if the Knicks got those two players, the day that they signed would be a, just a glorious, oh, this is finally it for the Knicks. And if those two played in the garden and, and this thing basically went sideways quickly, yeah. do you know how enjoyable that would be to watch? What pick do the Knicks have again? Uh, two or three? Three? I think it's... Because Lakers have four or three. So I, get, I bring it up because... There's another report that just came out this afternoon. Anthony Davis, through sources and reporting, has has um, listed the Lakers and the Knicks as the two teams that he has interest in long term. And so they could, you know, they could trade him anywhere. The Pelicans could, but now that this is where players gain their own leverage, he's got a year left on his contract with the Pelicans, and so they can trade him anywhere they want. But he gains the leverage by saying. You can trade me anywhere, but I want to play for the Lakers or the Knicks long term. So any other team that wants to trade for me, You're just right know that me. Yeah, yeah, they're not going to give up nearly as much. Kawhi, 
Yeah, that so, didn't scare off the Raptors. No, and and that's what they're saying. One of a championship, maybe. That's what they're saying. Maybe changes the way some teams look at a proposition like that. It makes sense. They're like Paul George. They're looking at it and going, "It's worked for the Raptors. It's worked. Yeah, and, it worked with Paul George in Oklahoma City." And the second that the finals is done, guess what? Kawhi is going to be. See you later. I don't know, but but if you have a championship, you don't care. I don't know if he Do you is. Care. There's a lot of steam now that he might that just based on what they've built, and there's a lot of really good the pieces video? there. That his sister put out with his uncle yelling yeah. in the background. He's gone. Said, Enjoy it while you yeah. can. Kawhi gone. His uncle's a gosh. But if you but if you get a championship, do you care that much? I don't think Kawhi cares about anything. Period. No, but if you're if you're the Raptors, if <laughs> no, you're, no, if you're if the Raptors, you're the Raptors and next year you sort of have to hit, hit uh, to a certain degree a reset button. If you have an NBA title, you have an NBA title. Yeah. If you're the Raptors, you're good. I could. This is where it gets fun. If if Anthony Davis. If he has identified the Knicks or the Lakers, and they both basically have the same draft pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Knicks have three, Lakers have four. You're right. So if the Pelicans make that trade, they're basically trading Anthony Davis for the number three or the number four pick. So they're going to have Zion Williamson and then whatever else they want at number three or number four, and then they can build from the ground up. Um, I would love, just from a f- basketball is fun to watch standpoint, LeBron and Anthony Davis together mm. in a Kevin Durantless. Matchup with the Warriors. The Warriors aren't going to go away without Kevin Durant, but they become much, much they less become mortal. dynastic. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Where's so, Butler going? Who? Jimmy I, I, Butler. I think Jimmy Butler and Kyrie Irving might be atta- attached at the dysfunctional oh, this is hip great. in Brooklyn or, well, Brooklyn or New York. But That'd be fun. This to is watch. where, like, we got to know where Kevin Durant and Anthony Davis wind up first. And then we, like, Jimmy Butler those will be like the, the fifth first, domino. Yeah, those are the first dominoes to fall. You're absolutely right. KD and Anthony Davis. This is going to be amazing. There's like five of the, five like Hall of Fame <laughs> players are going to yes. be free agents. Yeah, really good offseason. You guys want to do this real quick here? Please, yes. This was the oddest story. Some bonus in other news. This is from entertainmentweekly.com. Really, it's from Twitter. Justin Bieber is headed straight into the danger zone. In a rather strange tweet that seemed to come out of nowhere, the pop star challenged Tom Cruise to a fight on Sunday evening. There's no background, no context to this whatsoever that I missed, right? I don't think so. Okay. Here's the tweet. Biebs tweets, I want to challenge Tom Cruise to a fight in the octagon. (laughs) Tom, if you don't take this fight, you're scared and you will never live it down. Who's willing to put on the fight? Dana White? Question mark. (laughs) What? Was he just drunk? I don't know. What is the tale of the tale? So Entertainment Weekly asks, why? Well, there's probably a few other reasons Cruz might reject this opportunity other than being scared. He might think a celebrity boxing match is rather silly or beneath him, for instance. Or he might be busy doing just about anything else. Or perhaps he realizes the best outcome from this is simply beating up Justin Bieber, which is something he probably didn't wake up Monday morning wanting to do anyways. And no one really knows what the exact motive is. If these two squared off in an octagon, who's your money on? Justin Bieber is 25 years old, five foot nine, and 146 pounds. Okay. Cruz is 30 years older at 56, but two inches shorter at five foot yeah, seven. He's a little guy. What's and his reach? Do we have reach? We don't have reach. Mm. I, I, you know, despite the size and age advantage, I think I'm taking Tom Cruise. I'm taking Cruise. He does all his own stunts. Does all his oh, own stunts? Oh, he does. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's a difference maker. Okay, thank you. Yeah, he just broke his ankle during I, filming Mission Impossible, the last one. I was going to say, and he kept running through the scene. He's felt pain doing his own stunts. Dad Bieber has no idea. What's Bieber's problem, though? I don't know. That's my question. Did you that's, see who jumped in, though? Did you see who jumped into the fray? No. Connor McGregor. Oh. Quote 
tweeted Justin Bieber and said, if Tom Cruise is man enough to accept this challenge, McGregor Sports and Entertainment will host a bout. Does Cruise have the sprouts to fight like he does in the movies? Stay tuned to find out. But he might. I love a Bieber and McGregor just to say, we're going to call out Tom Cruise's manhood. Hold on a second. I just get him in an octagon. I got a new term now. The sprouts. <laughs> that is awesome. The sprouts. But I think I'm taking Tom Cruise. You do not want to mess with a guy who has been all in on Scientology for like 20 years. And <laughs> That's the difference maker to you in Scientology? And hops on a couch like he does. Right. Yeah. That guy's nimble. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Beebs is going to get smoked in this one. He would destroy him. Tom yeah. Cruise would destroy him. Tom Cruise won't do it, will he? No. That'd be so much fun. Okay, next question. If Tom Cruise agreed to this fight and it was on a UFC pay-per-view yes. card, would you pay yes. $100 to yes, watch this? I would. I would do. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yep. And then I would come to one of your houses with a 12-pack of beer and give you two of them. I would definitely order it. You like suckers. Okay, because we had this debate for the Conor McGregor versus uh, Floyd Mayweather fight Which a couple years Royce ago. Dill. Yeah, Royce hosted it. But we, like, we, for a month on the show, I said, I will... At, like. Absolutely, I'm paying yeah. for this. And Judd's like, no. And our old producer, Dave, was like, this is ridiculous. Like, what do you mean it's ridiculous? It's a spectacle. Yeah. I would put this above that in terms of what I would pay. I would, as, as much as I was all in on paying for the Mayweather-McGregor fight, you like this I more? would pay double for Bieber versus Tom Cruise. If it was in an Wait, actual how much octagon. Would you pay? I'm not spending my own money. I, I, I'm yeah, telling you, I would pay no. double whatever the cost was of the, wow. the previous I'd go, fight. I'd go to a Dave and Buster's or something like that. Yeah. Okay, well, if, that, yeah, yeah. if that's the case, I'm yeah. fine with that. <laughs> like how Rami bailed quickly. <laughs> yeah, I like had Phil's to... buying for us, and we're all going over yeah. to his place to watch this fight. I'll be happy to stop by and watch it. I mean, think about it. Bieber versus Tom Cruise? Let's make this happen. <laughs> I'd watch. <laughs> Let's ask, you know what? Let's get Royce to hang up on us by asking him this question when we come back. Odds, odds that Royce hangs up on us for asking this question. Oh, he won't hang up. He's feisty today. He's very upset about La Tortuga being sent out. That's down. right. Okay, we'll talk I'm about not that. Not happy. Yeah. Mackie and Jeb with Rami, TCL Studio. Driven to right center field. It's hit a long way to the gap. And that ball is gone. So no. With a monster shot to the right center field gap. And it's 4-1. And the Twins are uh, 22 games above 500 once again. They lead the major leagues in all kinds of offensive categories, but something will be missing on this homestand, Patrick Rice. Are you going to be outside target field on the picket line with the free La Tortuga signs? I'm very upset, but first of all, let me say, I was listening, I was on during the break, and I heard that Twins ad, and you know what I'm thinking? They were just one year early on this is how we baseball. <laughs> they one were. year early. They were just a year earlier. You could be doing this is how we baseball now, and everybody be uh, uh, very, uh, very happy. Yes, I'm very upset about La Tortuga being in the minors, mostly because there was no reason to do it. You got so damn many right-handed, mediocre relievers, you don't need another one. Uh, you know, as I said to Judd today, if Mike Morin has to pitch two innings on Saturday and you go to him Sunday and say, Mike, we're either going to have to pitch you two more. You're going to either have to be available for two innings Sunday or we'll send you to the minors. Guess what he's going to say? Give me the ball. You did not. There was absolutely no reason to uh, send him down and, uh, and call up a seventh, a seventh right-handed reliever. If they would have called up a lefty, I might have uh, I might have understood it, but it makes no sense to have seven right-handed relievers, and the only one you trust is Ryan Harper. <laughs> yeah, 
Anyway, that's my theory. But La Tortuga has gone down to Rochester. He went right there, Patrick, and he's punished baseballs. He was. He was uh, three for four the first game, and he walked, by the way, in his first at-bat down there. That that shows you how it took him a while to adjust because he walked. But then he went three for four, and then yesterday he went three for four again with a uh, with a two-run over and three RBIs. So uh, maybe he's getting his stroke back, and they'll call him back. I, I don't know, though. I got a suspicion we're going to see these 13 pitchers for a long time here. The the names are going to uh, change, but uh, they're going to they're going to keep uh, 13 pitchers. I, I think once they got us out of the habit of having three catchers, they probably won't get back into it too rapidly. Yeah, I saw it as a move, Pat, just to get. Just to get asked to deal, right? He was hitting two twenty two since April fifth. I mean, he he couldn't find the well. He could find the baseball because he never struck out. But he was just, and I'm 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 number two Astadio fan right behind you, Pat. But the move, on some level, made sense to me. Well, uh, he's a, he's an extra player, and uh, I, I don't uh, I I think you're giving them far too much credit. They just wanted to get another right handed arm up here because. What if you had to pitch some reliever two days in a row for two innings? My God, it would uh, it would ruin uh, everything that uh, you've done. You know, you wouldn't want Matt McGill to go out there again because uh, you know it might it might it might reduce his effectiveness. So uh, I, I think you're giving him too much credit, but that's okay. If he gets hit again, he's still going to have to come up and only play twice a week. So you know, either way, he's going to have to be able to hit when he's not playing because uh, they're going to catch Castro and Garber. I wonder where Garber is as far as home runs per bat in the major leagues. He's got to be uh, he's got to be near the top, doesn't he, Phil? I, I don't I don't have a list in front of me, but I definitely know that he's Babe Ruth. So yeah, yeah, yeah. ten times <laughs> ten. Ten hits and I don't know what's he got. One hundred, one hundred one at bats. Yeah, one hundred one ab. So one every ten he hits, he launches. How about the one? Do you think uh, Judd and I were talking about this today? You think the big, uh, slow thinking third baseman sees that four hundred and forty foot home run he hit to right right to right field a little little I mean to center field a little bit to the right side and realizes. He doesn't have to jump at every pitch and try to hit it 900 feet to left field, that he can hit it out that way. That, that would be nice if he picked up on that after that rocket he hit uh, yesterday in Detroit. I think that ship sailed four years ago. <laughs> the, he the is, he's Josh it. Willingham. He's Josh Willingham. That's pretty Ooh. much what he is. Well, then I would trade him for Bad Bum. Straight up. Who would tell him to get around the bases as quickly as possible if Snow <laughs> ever homered off Mad Bum? That's right, he would. He would. So are we believing the London Daily Mail here that it's a uh, there was a gang hit by an uh, angry drug lord on uh, on Big Poppy that uh, that uh, caused him to get shot because of uh, uh, the the drug lord suspected he was. Uh, he was familiar with the drug lord's wife. I, I don't know if it's true or not, but it's definitely a movie, don't you think? It'll was, soon be a movie within six, eight months. I was just going to say, Pat, based on my expertise, which comes from watching mafia and gangster movies my entire life, that, that definitely looked like a hit to me. I don't know who put out the hit, but that was definitely a hit, if, if you ask my expert It's called opinion. a contract, Rami. Yes, a contract, uh, if you will. According to the Daily Mail, uh, it was two cops. At least they went to cops. To set it up, maybe the cops, the cops then hired a couple of louts. But what they're 
what they're telling us, and this would be hard to believe, is that the Santa Domingo cops might be on the payroll of somebody. So uh, that would be uh, that would be hard to contemplate. It really would but, be. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. That couldn't happen. Did did they uh, get him on that plane to Boston? I know they, they did. Sent one down yeah, about an hour ago, a report came out Good. that. Yeah, the Red Sox. The Red Sox were like, "Ah, we'll we'll just come and we'll just grab you real quick here. Why don't we just get you yeah, out of yeah. here, big puppy? Why don't we take you back to Boston?" And by the way, uh, after we saw the fine uh, work they did on uh, Miguel Sano's heel this year, uh, uh, fixing a twelve-stitch cut, uh, I think it was a very good decision. I I don't know a lot about the Dominican Republic healthcare. But Miguel Snow coming uh, back uh, with a dog bite on his right heel that could have cost him his foot uh, made me a little uh, nervous about uh, Big Poppy's uh, uh, long-term treatment care if he remained in the Dominican. I'm just waiting for David Ortiz's official statement to blame Tom Kelly somehow for this incident. (laughs) Yeah, that's already been on Twitter. I think it's too... I, you know, the idea that he's he's, he's out of the woods, he's fine... Uh, uh, you're taking out organs and, uh, you know, liver, part of the liver, and uh, I, I, you know, infection is always right around the corner. I, I, I wouldn't get 100% optimistic that uh, Big Poppy's uh, not in danger still. So uh, I'm, I'm not ready to make too many jokes about okay, it. Okay, that will be the last. Yeah, yeah I'm but, with you. But, you know, but the Tom Kelly joke is out there, and, uh, you know, it's... Uh, not your fault, Twitter. It's it's a hard one to resist. I can uh, I can tell you that one. Yeah. So. Uh, Pat, we have to ask you this because we had we had much debate a couple years ago on uh, on our old morning show of the Judd had no desire to watch the Floyd Mayweather and uh, Conor McGregor fight unless somebody else you know invited like you. So you wound up <laughs> putting it on, and Judd of course would come over oh, yeah. and drink a right, beer. Right, right. So. Yeah. So the latest one here is Justin Bieber challenging Tom Cruise to uh, a fight in an octagon, and and I just saw this. He tagged Dana White, and and UFC Canada responded to the tweet. Yes, there is a UFC Canada, and I told these guys, I'm in hundred bucks, whatever it is. If that fight happens, I'm in. He's got to have Cruise by twenty five years, doesn't he? Cruise thirty, thirty, thirty years. Cruise sixty now. Thirty years and two inches of height. Cruise is fifty eight, right? Fifty six. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know what? Uh, this is like uh, Bobby Riggs playing Billie Jean King in tennis. I I don't know. Uh, I hope. Why is Bieber mad at him? Yeah, we're trying to figure that out. I think the internet it doesn't really know what the what the deal is. Okay, there. or if or if just Cruz has been bragging about all you know all the workout he does to play these action these short action figures. You know that's uh, you know. <laughs> I'm still offended that Jack Reacher is six foot five in the book and five foot eight in the movie, but uh, that's the way it goes, you know. I mean, he's. Uh, but I bet on Cruz, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, he's more likely to have lethal hands out of the two of those guys, right? <laughs> yeah. And he does all his own stunts, Pat. He's like he's a certified badass. Tom Cruise is. He doesn't just act like one on in movies. I know he's five foot three or whatever, but he. Can... How about the the prize being the loser has to adopt the other one's religion? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what Bieber is. Well, yeah, what's he'd Bieber? Have to become he'd have to become a Scientologist. Yeah, what's Bieber? <laughs> I think Bieber is uh, born again. Oh, is he? I'm really? serious about that. He found some sort Did of he quit religion. drinking. I don't know. Quit doing the drugs. Do you ever do drugs? You can still have a drink if you're a born again kid. I don't know. I don't know. No my favorite thing about the tweet of God. He follows one person, Justin Bieber. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I looked today. I hadn't seen the tweet of God lately, and he's 
he's uh, he's become more profane as the years have progressed. Can you blame him? No, no, I guess not. But uh, it's uh, it's basically he's telling us all to go to hell. So, uh, <laughs> tweet of God, he was funny there for a while, but I think he's not. Not quite as funny as he used to be. It ran its course. It was a it was <laughs> yes. a good bit. It was a great it was a great gig. I'll tell you what, the Super Seventies uh, one is a, is pretty damn good. Did you see the one today he sent out about John Daly embracing one of his many wives <laughs> on the, yes. on the uh, green and then some stripper walking running away bare ass naked with a with a uh, written on his back nineteenth hole pointed down to his uh, rear end. So uh, <laughs> This is basically the height of Western civilization, right? (laughs) (laughs) As good as as it gets. People who say Twitter is worthless are not, uh, they're just not with it, man. There's some great stuff on there once in a while. Yep. Pat, what's coming up on Royce Unchained here in a little bit? Uh, well, we do another uh, little Will and Zost deal, and, uh, you know, we talk about uh, how good the twins are. What else we got there, Judd? That was a long time ago. Oh, you're positive as well at, at the end. Yes, I am positive, and we talk about Poppy, too, and uh, and uh, our our fears about uh, this whole thing here. So right. it'll, it's just fine. I, I endorse it heartily. All right. That's good stuff. Sounds good. See you, Patrick. See you, Pat. Bye-bye. Thanks, right. Pat. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. So so we we did Unchained, but we also did a video Unchained that you can find on Twitter yeah. right now with Roycey ranting in epic form about um, Astadia being sent down. Yeah, I witnessed that being sent down. I'm just that was off good camera. stuff. Yeah, it was really it was good. very good. Yeah, if you're not following uh, the Score North Twitter account, it's a blaze right now. Yeah, at Score North S K O R North Morning Judd tomorrow. Morning Judd tomorrow. Yeah. Today I was on a Score North uh, cluster fund, but I didn't have a microphone, so I, I was basically like a silent film actor, just speaking through facial expressions throughout the whole Did thing. Did you make the Tom Thibodeau awkward smile face the whole time? or It ended with me flipping off Danny. Okay. Yeah. Oh, good. I gotta watch that. <laughs> find our podcast, Matt Ginge Up with Rami, anywhere you find podcasts. You know what? It was great today.